and welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker, and on this episode, I'm going to be speaking to James Cowdell. He is the brand strategist, head of brand for Ansons, and let me give you a little spiel on Ansons. The Ansons project is the creation of a range of unique workwear clothing designed by and for craftspeople, artisan makers, and creative pioneers in their chosen fields of endeavor. And that's from their website, ansons.co.uk. I implore you to go and check out the brand. Have a look at the wonderful imagery. One thing that really spoke to me about this brand, and we'll get into that in the interview, is all the fantastic lifestyle imagery and videos that they have on their site. So that interview of James coming up shortly. Before that, make sure you're checking out menswearstyle.co.uk. We'll put all the show notes over there. Stay up to date with the latest trends, fashion articles. And one of the best ways to do that is, of course, follow us on the social. Just punch in menswear style on your smartphone there. <laughs> and we'll turn up Instagram, Twitter, all the usual places and faces. Okay, so, oh, I forgot to mention, if you want to get in touch with the show, maybe you want to tell us about your journey and your brand, email us at info at menswearstyle.co.uk, okay? Let's get into that interview with James now. We're going to jump straight in at the start. He's going to talk about Philip James, who is the creative founder. Unfortunately, he can be on the call with us. So if you hear Philip's names mentioned, that's who he's referring to. But you'll get the, you'll get the drift. Here we go. Well, I'll start with the, the, the backstory, I guess, in that, um, and it's a, it's a rather strange one, both neither Phil or I are from the industry as such. We both run agencies. I run a branding agency, um, a creative agency, and Phil is, uh, runs a production studio, so CGI, moving imagery and stills. Mm-hmm. So the two of us had a working relationship and a personal relationship for a number of years, uh, worked together on some some great projects. I loved what he did, uh, and and likewise. So we sort of shared a, a similar creative approach and style to what we were doing. Um, but it was very much Phil's Phil's idea. This was Phil's, yeah, kind of. He called it his midlife crisis at one point. But it was an opportunity for him, based purely out of frustration and need. Really, he, uh, you know, he, he enjoys fashion. He likes fashion, but he's, you know, he was a uh, his job you know, required him to be, you know, working in studios on location, and you know, very physical work, very demanding of of the clothes that he was wearing. So he adopted that workwear kind of heritage style anyway, but found himself looking around ten or so different websites to get this look. And just thought to himself, there must be a there must be a better way of doing this. There must be a brand out there that's that's almost curating this look uh, that he could that he could buy from, and there wasn't. So this is where the entire thing began. Uh, the name itself was uh, inspired by an old mechanic sign that he saw one day, where the name of the family name had dropped off, and there was just the Ansons remaining. Ah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, and, yeah, and that's what sparked it. But it sparked the name. The name. The, the, it's almost an anchor. Uh, and from with my branding hat on, this really was quite an exciting proposition because you could collaborate with others, you could add another name into the mix, and it would be something and sun. So the the very nature of the brand early on was was this idea of collaboration and working with others. So the Anson's name was great for that, and it, and it, it you know it kind of led to so many different things that we've done. But it was four years ago now that we that we launched. We launched through Kickstarter uh, initially. So we managed to raise uh, fifty thousand through 
the crowdfunding channel and you know created a, a relatively small database of potential customers who, what was who your invested. target sorry james it was well we well we, we actually reached over but we we hit the our, our target was fifty thousand. um uh and we i think we raised just over that in the end so we you know it was a it was a tough it was a tough campaign very nerve-wracking i'm not sure if you've ever done anything like I've that, done just, few, yeah. i've done a few i've spoken about it on the podcast before i've done some notorious fails but oh. i'd be interested to know what ingredients you had or you you implemented that made this campaign a success well i think it's largely down to the fact we've been very fortunate in that both of our studios have always created the uh the assets the the the, the content you know the the media that we've used throughout all of our marketing channels and it's very beautiful you know, we've got Phil's an award-winning photographer. Um, like I said, the production studio do all the um, editing of the videos. And obviously with the, my agency then handle all the creative. So I think we had a very lucky or very good starting point, really, in that the brand was able to look and feel more polished and more more engaging than, than I think a startup typically would. So the content that we put forward on Kickstarter was, was Phil talking about his passion for the, for the brand and what he wanted it to achieve. Um, and I think that, that struck a chord and i think it was very timely i think there was there's been an element of uh you know within the certainly within the fashion world where i think guys of a certain have a certain look in a certain even age are, are kind, kind of underrepresented really in many ways um who you know who've gone through life always being followers of fashion but come to a point in their life where you know they don't want to follow trends they've they found a look that they like and they want to to stick with it so I think yeah. it was it was timely. I think um, we aimed it and you know marketed towards the right the right people. Um, typically, uh, people within the creative sector uh, make up a huge part of our you know of our demographic and our audiences because for obvious reasons you know it's 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 kind of if you've looked through the website it's clothing that you know it does look good but it's incredibly comfortable to wear. You could wear it through the day and even go out for the evening and and not have to change. You know it's a very versatile uh, range of clothing. So I think, yeah, the timeliness of it, but also there was, it felt to me as though there was a gap. Certainly when Phil came to me with the project initially just to do the branding, just to say, look, can you help me out? I'm, I'm launching this menswear brand. And I was so into it. I said, look, you know, I'd love to be, I'd love to be more involved. So that's how the partnership began. But I felt for me even that I was at that age where I was time poor Um you know, the seeing some success from the agency. So I had a disposable income. I could, I enjoyed fashion. I enjoyed spending money on fashion and, and it just, it just immediately resonated with me. So I, I you know, it, it gave me my look and a lot of guys speak to us that say, I finally found my look once they, once they bought from my sons. Yeah, and no, that's great. And it's only with a certain maturity. Do you like perhaps, I mean, I'm in my forties now, that you develop your own real sense of style. I think a lot of people have it when they're younger as well, like people that may be ahead of the game or yes. you know, they're trying to really distinguish themselves. So they'll perhaps go a little bit too crazy with their wear just to get that identity. Yes. But yeah. you, you almost settle down into a nice smooth gear when you hit your 40s. I certainly have where I don't really dress to kind of stand out or get you know people to have a spotlight on me. I dress for utility I dress yes. for comfort, but I also dress 
to have a certain uniqueness as well. So it's not logo driven. It's not like something that you typically see everybody else wear. I don't know if a lot of other guys find that gear as well in life. The people that I speak to and my friends do, but it, it certainly seems like something that you can find with Anson's. Yes, certainly. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. That's exactly it. Well, and I think there is, I'm sure there, there could be a, almost a curve drawn for the, 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 the the, the men's or a guy's lifestyle of fashion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You'd have like you all do. these peacock <laughs> outfits from their twenties, then then some. But the midlife crisis is interesting. So I don't. I think I had that sometime early in my late twenties. No, I think it, it, the, the the midlife crisis thing is what is what Phil would call it. But it, he'd spent he'd spent many many years in, in the industry working for clients, working for some huge clients on on photo shoots. And likewise for me, you know, running in the agency, building, helping clients to build brands. And it came to a point, you know, driven largely by this, this want to create a, a fashion line, but, but also to do something for ourselves, to use all the things that we'd learned over the years and the experience that we had to apply it to a company of our own, as opposed to, you know, maybe doing it for somebody else. And that turning point, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't early on, you know, the Kickstarter success was great and it allowed us to you know to to uh launch the collection but it's been a hard slog you know it's been four years of you know blood sweat and tears learning an entirely new trade mm. for phil you know designing he designs every item that we have um he has a, an idea and a vision and a sketch and that's how it begins but you know working with factories working with producers both in the uk and abroad you know that that in itself is is a huge it's a you know, it's a huge job um, and he's and he's done it very well and learned a lot. So it's been a it's been a learning curve for four years. But I think now we're at that stage where we certainly know our own identity, and it is a case of going back to those roots. Why did we do this in the first place? And understanding that every garment has to have a purpose. It has to do more than just look good. And you've you know you've raised the point there that you've hit a certain stage in your life where I think you are more discerning. You are you your expectations of a of a garment. You know it, you have much more of it. You 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 know, look at fast fashion and look at some of the other brands that are producing relatively low quality gear, charging extortionate prices for it. And mm. for us, you know, we, we feel our, our customers, yeah, they've, they've got more about them. They, you know, they want to invest in clothing and that's kind of what our collection is. It's a, it's a, it's a, a range of very um, almost, you know, kind of wardrobe essentials, you know, the layering, mm. which is a huge part of it is being able to layer up, uh, you know, for, for colder climates, but also if you're dressing up. But it's it's a, almost, a, we call it the manual for life, but the the, the collection is effectively a, a modular system of clothing <laughs> that you compare with other items and, and create this look. It is, it's it's almost like the Haynes manual of fashion, maybe. <laughs> I, don't to, <laughs> I don't know how to call it that. but And I think you do reach a point in your life, it's something that I wanted to get back to from, that you said that, at that age where yeah where you just want to settle down a little bit with your clothing but still have a very defined look and and i think you know Amazon's is understated we don't we don't put a huge amount of of designing and graphic elements into our clothing i think it's it's not about pushing the brand out there it's about having something that people people feel good in and feel comfortable wearing um that's always been the ethos yeah and while the the products look great and i was going to mention that it seems like a a very British brand as well. So 
maybe yeah. touch upon <laughs> the garments that are made in the UK, which ones are and which ones uh, are made elsewhere. I know the denim um, you source from like the Northern Mills, Blackburn denim and stuff like that. And those looms. That's perhaps, right. Perhaps yeah. you can just drill down a little bit on the, the selvage denim that you got on the Sorry. Yeah, so this is this is not my this is not my forte. Um, obviously, the, the 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 products are designed and and commissioned by Phil. But yes, the denim has been a a huge thing for us. Uh, we originally made denim through our, one of our Turkish manufacturers, and Turkish denim's great. Um, but we've always wanted to, within reason, and obviously something that's commercially viable, is create an entirely British range. And that's not that common, is it? I mean, so typically a lot of people or a lot of brands outsource production just to keep the cost down on a lot of their garments. Mm. How yeah. how important was it for you guys to make sure that this was a, a British product? Massively. I mean, like I said, Phil's, Phil's vision has always been to have an entirely British range, um, you know, an entire collection purely purely made here in, in the UK. Commercially, uh, if you looked at it, the, the bare bones of it, it, it's not, but it's not about that. It was for us working with small independent producers um, and creating so, so you know, the, the, the sort of collections that were, or the certain runs that we're doing are, are really small. You know, we're not, we're making hundreds of garments in some of these, some of these pieces because it's that for us, they, they support the brand as opposed to being more of a commercial um you know commercial venture if that makes sense yeah. um and you know the the process of going through and making that alone has been has been intense um but we you know even even down to phil insisting that they were made on union special machines mm. you know they, they were to be made in the most traditional way possible um and yeah it was a huge it was a huge part so that that was our uh, our first the, the the cutters and the rockers which are our black salvage uh, both in a 14 ounce they uh sorry 12 ounce um they you know both both made here in the uk um and we will continue to do that but we do them in very small runs so we're not you know they aren't part of our big collection they are right. they are very much done and they will always go through some design changes or new additions so we have you know new styles coming out and new and new stuff coming along and we'd like to do more denim um something that we're talking about for hopefully for autumn winter which is uh, a bit of a, a i guess a, a look behind the scenes is uh, a hardware range we've called it for now is a working a work in progress but it's going to be going back to you know uh, vintage buttons um very heavyweight fabrics denims and canvases and even maybe a tin cloth mm. uh and going and going to do a, a fully fledged you know workwear range uh, or heritage range that you know we've we've not done before um that's something that we're doing hope we're hoping to do for autumn winter this year a lot of the garments that i'm i'm checking out on the site you mentioned that they have a, a limited run they almost mm. feel like you can buy them and have them as collector's pieces later down the road <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah absolutely. Uh, they, they also look fantastic some of the like the the twists that you would do on the peacoat for example uh, with all the additional details that you might not get on a conventional peacoat, the vinyl patches yeah. on the back of the elbows and the belts, etc. So there's, yeah. there's, there seems like there's just a lot of love that go into each garment. Uh, a huge amount. I mean, Phil will lock himself in a room for for weeks when he's doing this sketching and putting ideas around. And 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 like I said earlier on, every product has to have a purpose. It cannot just be 
for the sake of creating the Pico or, you know, a, a pair of jeans. I mean, the jeans alone, they've got the cinch straps around the, the ankles. They've mm, got second, yeah. secondary pockets. The chore, the chore pocket, as we lovingly called it, is the, uh, it's an inner pocket that can come out from the, from the front of the jean. And it was driven by the fact that Phil would spend um, all day shooting. He'd have lens caps in his in his jean pockets. His wife would, uh, oh sorry, his wife. You may have to scrap that. She's sorry. Um, he would he would <laughs> his wash mistress. his jeans. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he would wash his jeans, uh, or one of the you know him or his wife would wash his jeans. It sounded very sexist, um, uh, and uh, would would be so frustrated by the fact that they were they were full of uh, lens caps. So the chore pocket was there to, to you know to to for him to use whilst on shoots to put put these um these lens caps in and be accessible. And since we found you know we've had barber shops buy them, we've had uh, even restaurants and bars um, uh, have used them for uh, for you know putting pens and notepads in to use for the for the for the staff. It's been again it, it, they have to have a purpose. They have this sort of utilitarian, but genuinely have you know um, additional things that, that that make them rather quite special. So you're right. There, there's a lot of love that go into the, the, into these products. And I think people actually t- it's these little things for me that really stand out and make me fall in love with a garment. I remember being at a tailor uh, this time last year and he was um, a gentleman who made suits for David Bowie and he would, and he would show me uh, like certain details of the suit jacket where you'd be able to just slide in an entire rolled newspaper and put like a little storm collar type belt around it. So it would just kind of fasten in and not fall out. And also little breast pockets that would be too small for a mobile phone. And and I'd go, what is that? And he goes, oh, that's for your cigar. Oh, yeah. So anyway, he made suits that were just you'd have to look at it and get, and then kind of figure it out, you know, like yes. take the schematics yeah. of it and go, Oh, I get it now. Yeah. And that would then, yeah, be, yeah. And it, you would then be able to tell that story to other people whilst you were wearing it. And I think that kind of these little icebreakers are, are really fun oh, when it comes are. to garments, aren't they? They, they are. They really are. And it does make them much more memorable. I think we talk about them as being investment pieces. They really are. They, you know, people do, do fall in love with them um, and do invest in them naturally our denims you know people are wearing and going through the the fade and breaking process i mean there there are 12 13 ounce they don't they don't need heavy breaking uh you know the, the denim we use is is you know is is um is soft enough so it does but it, it still has that element of having to wear in and that's certainly something that we want to uh, i guess go through uh, and explore with the hardware range um you know, making them much more, yeah, much more investment pieces. I, you need to really invest in them, um, you know, to make them comfortable. But uh, yeah, so many ideas, and I think this is where this is where for us the difference of our brand amongst many others is that you know we aren't from the industry. We create clothing that we would want to wear, that our customers want to wear. Uh, we we listen, we learn a lot from from we call them our pioneers, but they are you know our customers. Uh, you know, a, a great people. They've, you know, we have great conversations with them. It still feels as though we're creating a community of of, of like-minded guys that that just enjoy clothing and enjoy talking about it. So, um, it's been driven by yeah, a desire to create things that we would want, as opposed to doing anything that necessarily is on trend or yeah. or fits a certain look. Um, which, and I do apologise, I'm having some building work done in the house, and they've 
started making rather a lot of noise. Let me know if it's uh, let me know if it does if it does cause any problems. Um, when they get the chainsaws out, maybe we'll have to take, yeah, take five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. Um, yeah, so far they're knocking towels off the wall. So, um, so yeah, the the future we we you know we we had a, a a relatively lean collection when we launched, and I don't think even now we've we've really pushed all the ideas that we'd love to. I mean, if we had you know endless time and endless pockets we would be creating collection after collection and we and we don't unfortunately so everything we do has to be really considered um and like i said we've been fortunate we've been able to utilize the studios that we own that can help uh produce you know, amazing imagery and amazing content um because everything we've done to date has been you know it's been done by the two of us it's it's uh, it's a very very small um small outfit smaller than a lot of people think i think <laughs> right i mean yeah so is it just you two how would you, well, how I mean, how big you, is the team now? <laughs> well, the team, the team is uh, myself and Phil. Yes, um, and uh, Phil's wife Kelly is kind of manages the operations side of things. As Phil and I are not particularly organised or process-driven people as creatives, so she um, keeps us in check and makes sure everything runs smoothly. And then, like I said, we utilise the studios for the majority of the marketing work and the content, uh, and we have some freelancers that we use for for social and um and some of our online stuff but it's that's it and our suppliers of course um who like I said, it's about 50 percent of the range now the waistcoats the denims the boots um are all in the uk so you know we have a handful of a handful of manufacturers we've worked with since since we started who have been great to us well the website looks fantastic mate so congratulations oh, on you. that a nice clean <laughs> website but i mean you touched upon the imagery i think this is really the you mentioned the ethos and the philosophy of the brand kind of harnessing all that creativity that you and phil mm. imbibe really with the brand it really does scream through when you go onto the page and you look at the products and, and the videos as well so i was going to get on to like i mean video in the last well, it's been around forever. YouTube's been around forever. I'm not going to say anything new or revolutionary here. But in terms of platforms really thirsty for video, like you hear about the likes of LinkedIn now kind of promoting just organic video like you wouldn't believe. Um, like Facebook right. obviously did it a lot, but now you have to kind of pay for it to get it noticed and get it above the parapet, etc. Mm. But I guess for you guys, early on, video was a very important part of the puzzle in terms of getting this getting the, the project and the brand off the ground massively yeah massively again because we have those expertise effectively in-house um but largely because we had such great content and and, and we wanted a, an outlet for it so for us the, up until very recently instagram has been pretty much leading the way for us because yeah. very visual very visual um platform um, you know they've moved on even in the four years that we've been going uh, offering stories and video you know video, much easier for video content to be to be put out there yeah. um, but naturally everything we do and we create goes onto the, the video channels um, and recently Pinterest for whatever reason we've been doing a bit through Pinterest um, just by simply you know uploading our our garments and stuff and and we've seen huge traction there with, with really? an entirely new yeah with an entirely new a new audience in many ways. Um, I think with Instagram now, it's very, very difficult to stay in that feed, very difficult to stay in people's in that, in that front of mind with so much content going out, particularly in the last, in the last quarter, really with lockdown, you know, the amount of brands that were putting out content. I mean, we did it. We, we went through a phase where, 
I mean, that's all we were doing. We were just generating and with, with quite strict limitations around, you know, we couldn't shoot any models. Um, we had to, you know, had to be, start to be really even more creative, I guess, with how we promoted our clothing and, and, and how we, you know, so we started going to more, more traditional means of, of flat lay photography, styling through very simple, you know, very simple flat lays that were just showing people how to wear the garments. Uh, but it was great for us in many ways because it did, it almost felt as though we'd gone back to basics a little bit and we'd really, you know, we just creating really solid content driven by the product itself. Whereas before, you know, we were doing lots of lifestyle photography, lots mm. of on location stuff. And again, always on a shoestring. So fortunately for Phil, uh, he would travel the world with his job and any opportunity he got, he would, you know, he would also commission uh, a shoot with some models. Um, so a lot of what you see here has been shot in New York and, um, yes, in the UK, but but all over Paris, mm. um, which it sounds very glamorous, but it was just simply because he was there anyway. Um, yeah, it gives it a very international, uh, worldly yes. feel, doesn't it, to the brand? Yeah. So we're, it's British inspired. You know, we we've just launched our sort of trading post and our boxer our boxer collection of tees, and they're inspired by ghost signs of that you'd see in around sort of London and Birmingham, and <laughs> yeah. uh, in that kind of faded, beautiful old um, advertising that. You know, for me personally, has always been a, a huge piece of inspiration. So we're still we're still taking a lot of influence from from British design and British you know industry and things. But yeah, it is an international brand. I like to think of it as an international brand because we do have customers all over the world, um, and you know that in itself causes you know, causes challenges because you know, with with translation through the site or live chats where we've got you know, guys all over the world talking to us in their native language and we're either having to translate or at least be, mm. you know, but, um, trying to see whether we can get through in English. So yeah, it's, it, you know, that, that expansion, which certainly through lockdown has been, um, it has, has been big. You know, we have seen huge growth in the last three or four months, I think, because, you know, people have been at home and they've been looking for inspiration. They've been looking for new brands that they'd like to be part of. Mm. And fortunately we've been one of them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's ansons.co.uk is a place to go and take a take a look at these great products. And then you'll find all the links through that, the YouTube, Instagram, ansons UK on Instagram and Pinterest, of course. I'll be, I've got yes. to check out the Pinterest now and f- yeah. figure, out, figure out what the secret is. How can you, uh, how come you're leveraging yeah. traffic through Pinterest? I've always wanted to yeah, know. yeah. More, 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 more. Uh, platforms just to just to try and find your way through uh nowadays isn't it so but uh yeah and um well thank you very much for um for the call it's been it's been really enjoyable oh james it's been great talking to you i'm sorry um we didn't get hold of phil today hopefully we can get him on the show in the future and and we'll get to hear more about his story as well but absolutely in the meantime congratulations mate on the brand on the product and uh well very best of luck thank you very much it was great to speak to you cheers james take care cool take care Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. James Cowdale there. Thanks so much, James. And thank you guys for listening. Make sure you're checking out ansons.co.uk. If you like what you hear and you want to support the podcast, you can simply leave a review on iTunes. Apparently it helps. I don't know how the tech thing works, but <laughs> engagement reviews and we read them all by the way so it's great you guys are leaving some reviews already we do get around to reading them okay that's it for me again thanks for tuning in and until next time 
Remember, it's only fashion, people, and you're never fully dressed without a smile.